boys. I'm tired of being my own bartender. <laughs> I'm sick of it, man. I'm sick of it. Like, I actually have begun to make, like, different things that I really like, like, old fashions. And they're not as good. But they're not as good at my house. <laughs> Yeah. They're you're just not sharpening not. your skills. You're not they're sharpening not. your skills. You're getting worse. Yeah, it's not as good. I'm a, you know, one mixer, one drink kind of person. I'm not a, let's do all these little tricks. That's what a bartender's for. And I am sick of being my own bartender. Man, it's, this is so perfectly timed because this past week, I have thought more than any week so far in quarantine that like I never knew how much I could miss drinking in a bar. (laughs) Like I thought I was past that time in my life, but all you need is three solid months of quarantine to realize, no, 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 you're not past it. You actually love it deep down inside. And do you have a little bit more respect for bartenders now, not that you disrespected them before, but like think <laughs> even more. <laughs> Dan's think like, I had no respect for bartenders before. None. Dan, like, I, yeah, he would walk into bars and be like, screw that guy, screw that girl. <laughs> I don't respect any of you. Yeah, it's None like, you, you get me a drink, you do nothing. I can do my job better he than did, you. That's how Dan walks He wouldn't tip anybody, in. no tips, nothing. <laughs> I guess that's where I was going. Would you maybe, are you more, more inclined to tip more? And not necessarily because those people have been out of a job, which is enough reason to tip more, but are you more appreciative of things like that? I ask you this because, you know, for me, it's, you know, the alcohol list is beers one, two, and three, and then, you know, liquor when I'm in Los Angeles or ready to just go full throttle, which we're probably not that far away from, to be honest with you. (laughs) Um, But from, you know, the mixed drink angle, are you just more of like, Oh, thanks. Thank you. Thank you so much for what you have done here and presented here for me. Like, are you looking at, you know, is bar rescue making you like sad now instead of like laughing at people? I just, I want to get those, I want to get those thoughts. I'm excited to see what everybody's reactions are when it's just open to be in bars and you don't have to worry about things and what true emotions come out, like Dan just said. Yeah, I'm with you. Guys, welcome to. The brunch breakdown. <laughs> uh, but Didi over here in California. We got Dan and Chris in Pittsburgh. I'll say you're from I'll say you're in Pittsburgh. This week yeah. is a good Welcome week. Back, Welcome back. Yeah, yeah. My I had some people tell me that I should stop bullying you, so that's <laughs> that's what I'm gonna do. There's I'm nothing worse, a better person. There's nothing worse that you could bully me with than saying I'm from West Virginia. So check a zip code. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man. And we are here. We're the uh, very first socially distanced uh, brunch podcast before socially distancing was cool. And today on the menu, we got a lot to uh, we got some good stuff to get to talk a lot about sports. We're going to talk about life after Corona because Dan has been out and about. Dan's actually going to work. Remember those offices? Dan goes to one. We're going to find out what that's like. Uh, we're going to talk NBA, NHL, having a plan to come back, but even those are kind of complicated right now. And then we're going to laugh at Major League Baseball and talk about the McGuire Sosa 30 for 30. But uh, let's get things started off, guys, uh, by uh, getting stuff off our chests. Mm-hmm. And uh, Chris, let's get started. Let's get started with you. Get it off your chest, man. 
All right. So this might be weird, but let's <laughs> let's give it a I try. I love it already. <laughs> this might be weird. Is that the first brunch uh, breakdown theme T-shirt in the Dan Dot merch store no for the doubt. brunch breakdown? No thousand percent. This might be weird. I don't know where we should Chris. put that. If that should go like, should I go with like bottom of a t-shirt, like in the bottom back? This might that be could totally weird. work. <laughs> totally. Yeah. Um. So it, it may be because we, like I just said, have been through three solid months of quarantining now. Um. But I need fewer actor and celebrity videos telling me how to feel and cope with these difficult times. Okay. Uh, uncertain. Uncertain. I'm sorry. sorry uncertain. <laughs> uncertain. And they always have to tell me that uh, apparently I don't know how to deal with it. So I'm getting a little sick of it. And the more it just, it, obviously there are a lot of actors, actresses, and celebrities that listen to this podcast. So let me <laughs> heart to heart with you right now. Um, the more of these that come out, the more we're all going to make fun of them. And you can't all just say the same two or three sentences over and over again and like cut them up so that this person says five words and then this person says the same five words and then seven more people say those five words before we get to the next five words. And it takes all two minutes and 20 seconds that Twitter allows you to put into a video to hear what the stupid message is before we can all make a parody of that video. Actors, actresses, celebrities, please, at this point, can you please say something real? That's that's my my overarching plea to get it off my chest. Didi shared uh, on our group text the it ended up being like 27 minutes of Dave Chappelle talking about just the last few weeks of our country. And and, and I mean, even even more than that. And he actually talked, and I appreciated that. And right before I saw that, I saw a celebrity video, probably the 50th one, and it just, I reached the tipping point. So please, that that's that's what I need to get off my chest this week. Wow. That was stand-up. That was. That, that was, was beautiful. We all needed to hear that. Yes. Thousand percent. Agree with you on that one. And oh my God, that Dave Chappelle special. Incredible. Oof. Yeah. Incredible, because really he literally amazing. just talks for less than thirty minutes. Looks at a book, like looks down at a book, has his talking points there. It's like he had his thoughts of what I feel like he had his thoughts on what he wanted to do for a show, and then just threw it out. Mm -hmm. Yeah, about nine or ten minutes into it, he said to the crowd, "I know this isn't funny yet." <laughs> But he just kept going and nobody had a problem with it because everybody appreciated him just like walking you through instance after instance after instance where the police brutality issue has popped up and, and how we have not had the action that we needed. Um, I thought it was tremendous. Yeah. And just the way that he was, I mean, just the way that he brought everything back around together with it. I don't, it was just, I mean, and it dropped out of nowhere that night, like at one thirty in the morning. Like it was just... It's super cool that he just did that. And I didn't even know he did a show. Like, I love that that was like kind of silent. It was basically just in certain papers in that area in Ohio. It was like nowhere else. When you tried to look it up, you're like, well, he did a show. How did we not know this happened? <laughs> yeah. And it just, you know, it was just Dave Chappelle just wanted to, you know, just give us some knowledge. And it was, it was very well timed. Like, 
I needed to hear that stuff. And a lot of people need to hear that stuff. It's really good. Happy maybe Dave, like, maybe forgot. Dave was also frustrated by all of the actor, actress, and celebrity videos that have come out. Well, he mentioned that in there. Mm-hmm. He mentioned that the streets yeah. will speak for themselves. I was like, that just rang in my head for like three days after that. Yeah. Well, Dan, get it off your chest. Go. So you briefly touched on the fact that I have been out uh, and about uh, with Pennsylvania's uh, mostly green zone territory now. Um, And we'll touch on that a little bit. But one element that this sparked from is I am so sick and tired of these old people. Yeah. Old people. Oh, Didi's already smiling. And it's just (laughs) like completely oblivious to the fact that what is going on anything around them. Do you have a television? Are you kidding me? (laughs) These places make it so crystal clear that you almost have to walk around the signage so it doesn't hit you in the face about what you need to have when you're walking around, where you can and cannot sit, how you can and cannot order at a bar. And it's just like if you've ever walked into a place, you'd be like, you'd think it's a completely different place because of all the new protocols and yellow tape on the floor and everything like that. This old ass dude just walking up to a brewery, mind you, a brewery, first of all, with no mask on, only person in the entire place that isn't drinking, that's standing up without a mask on. And the very nice bartender at the time said, yes, sir, uh, can I get you a mask? Could you have a mask of your own? He's like, oh, you do that too here, huh? Yeah, dumbass. Everywhere in the state is doing that right now, okay? again. You've turned on the TV in the past couple of weeks, haven't you? And, the, you know, the employee's like, ah, actually, sir, it's uh, state of Pennsylvania, but, uh, you know, we got to follow along with everybody else. And he goes, oh, I know, I know, I'm an Uber driver. Excuse me, what? So, you know, but you don't, you don't know? Like, you don't care. That's That's got to be what it is. So he hands him a mask, and he goes up to order, and he's looking at the board there of the beer that they brew, and he goes... You have any uh anything non-beer here? Any liquor? <laughs> and he sometimes went to a, this brewery does, but brewery, he went to a everywhere. brewery for liquor. Liquor. He's going there for liquor, and they're like, ah, oh, no, sorry, sir, we're not doing liquor right now. Actually, it's just uh just our beer that we have this brewing is incredible. here. Incredible. Any wine, anything like that? And they're like, ah, oh, yeah, actually, I think we could get you some wine. He's like, all right, I'll take a, a red wine and two waters. Are you freaking? Ki- I, I wanted to turn around and slap this guy in the face myself just this whole charade old people this one's coming at you mad respect to most of that generation but some of you come on it's about that's a that's a, that's that's bringing me back to an old segment that dd you used to have on a radio show back in the day with a hashtag right there dude that guy I wanna, in particular i want to know if this guy was like on the job with Uber and he just wanted to stop in in between pickups to like down some, down a bottle of red wine. It's a hell of a character. Wouldn't surprise me. Yeah. It was just like, where have you been dude? Where have, and did you walk through the door? You know, (laughs) that's all you would have had to do is walk through the door. So these old people in there, like, you know, no mask environment here. It's still 2020. Y'all wake up. Old people are the worst throughout the situation. They just really are. Like, forgetting their masks everywhere. Like, it just... It, it caused, they didn't figure... I feel like old people didn't figure out this was serious until May. 
right? And then they did they took it serious for a month, and then just now they just are you know back at breweries just looking at people like they're crazy. Exactly. Did you so. guys? Did you guys by any chance see the um, clip of Bill Burr on Joe Rogan's podcast? Yes. And they yes. were talking about COVID. And Joe Rogan asked Bill Burr, like, what, like, does he think people or is he still wearing a mask? And Bill Burr just shut it down. He's like, he basically said, me with no uh, medical background and you with no medical background, we should not be talking about this topic. <laughs> And he was like, I go, I watch the news once every two weeks. And I'm like, okay, do they still want us to wear a mask? Yeah, we're still supposed to. Okay, I'll keep wearing it. Like how it can't, that's as simple as it could be. That's That's all you got to do. That interview is like really, really good. Like the whole thing is super good. Because I'll listen to Joe Rogan just depending on who he has on, like who he has on his guests and stuff. And I love Bill Burr. And oh my God, it's just, it's so great. Like that part is just. Everything leading up to that is so great. And it just talks about how, like, he's like, why does everything have to turn into, like, a macho thing? Why does yeah. it have to be like, oh, yeah, you're not a man if you don't do this? This is so stupid. Right. I feel like some, that's like with the older generation, some people think it's like a sign of weakness to wear a mask. It's like, no, it's a sign that you don't want to die. Put a mask on. Yeah. 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 And if you're old, why aren't you wearing one? Yeah. I don't know. You're high it's risk just, old ass. Come on. It's, it's absolutely ridiculous. <laughs> High risk, old ass. Put it on a t-shirt. H-R-O-A. Let's go. (laughs) (laughs) I think we're just going to start calling them from now on. Oh, we got another H-R-O-A over here. Here we go. (laughs) So I had to get that off my chest. Nice. Oh, my goodness. All right, guys. Here's what I got to get off my chest. Uh, Last week was another one of those weeks where um, it was just kind of tough to watch the news. But I did find some stuff I loved. And that was everything that had to do with the Confederate flag, guys. Like, <laughs> dude, there was nothing funnier than watching people try to defend the Confederate flag and, con- and defend the Confederacy, which I learned something, which I don't know if a lot of us knew this, that the Confederacy only lasted four years. I did not know that. I and thought the, at least it lasted longer than that. Seemed like it. The lists on social media of things that lasted longer than the Confederacy was one of my favorite things this week. (laughs) Seriously, absolutely incredible. I loved making fun of the Confederate flag. I loved seeing people that, for whatever reason, they're still friends with me on like Facebook and stuff and on Twitter or whatever, just crying about the Confederate flag because I grew up in a place where people love to use the Confederate flag and love to have it on their cars and on their jackets and on everything and just constantly doing it and use it to intimidate people as well. So I found it to be hilarious this week i love that nascar they took the confederate flag out which made me just i was like i can't believe this is actually happening you mm-hmm. could have told me a lot of things were going to happen in this world and you would have ne- i would have never guessed that nascar would ever get rid of the confederate flag so i just had so much fun with that this week because if you are somebody who's still just mad about the confederate flag going away or still wearing the confederate flag all the time that's literally like me wearing a chingy t-shirt out somewhere in 2020. Hey, in Chingy's defense, his relevance lasted longer than the Confederacy. <laughs> Thousand percent. It's like you having like, you know, it's like you pulling up to just meet the like you to go see somebody very important. Like you're going to meet your girlfriend's parents or something and you pull up with spinner rims. <laughs> like you pull up just with a ridiculous sound system. That's where all your paycheck goes to the insane sound system. And you put mm-hmm. TVs in your headrests in 2020. 
think about it. All of Pimp My Ride. That's like you having a car like Pimp My Ride. Exhibit your hero. That's what like that's what the Confederate flag is like. It's just so funny to me that people still care about this and the statues and all of that. So I had so much fun with that this week. And if you still love the Confederate flag so much, you are an idiot and <laughs> just an absolute fool. My my opinion on the Confederacy and the Confederate flag and all that stuff is like the only place it belongs is on Civil War battlefields. That's it. Because like they fought there. Outside of that, like you don't need to be driving down I-79 with it hanging out of your truck as you go into Washington County because you think it's cool. Like it's not. And Super. everybody that drives past you in your car is taking pictures of it and then they're going to put it on Twitter and make fun of you. So just exactly. stop. Shaming people. That's what I want to do in 20. I'm just shaming everybody I see. Anybody I see on anything with a Confederate flag, I'm just like, I'm just going to shame you now. Because that's just what it is. I'm going to shame you. I have no, I have just no, no time. Shame, bring sh- shaming is back for 2020. We're done with no, no shaming. We're shaming everybody in 2020, especially the Confederate flag. So yeah, because that flag, I mean, on a serious note, that flag was used to intimidate. That flag is used for just, just out racist ways. And it's like, don't give me this whole, oh, it's history. It's that. No, it's not. Yeah, the you history is that they for. lost. They yes, lost. Okay. Exactly. You lost. So what else? Exactly. So what else are you using it for? One yeah. flag. All right. There you go. A thousand percent. Yeah. It's so stupid. But I had fun with that this week. And even though it was a serious thing, but it did give me some stuff to laugh at this week. <laughs> <laughs> for sure. Like well, it. boys, Dan, you are at work. So we have to talk about life after Rona, even though Rona's not gone. <laughs> Which is the weirdest thing about everything going on everywhere. I mean, things are opening up here. Things are opening up there. All across the country, things are opened up in different ways. But, like, coronavirus isn't gone. So, what's life like after Rona, during Rona, Dan? (laughs) That's a wonderful question. (laughs) Um, You know, I think we've all been a little eager and anxious to finally be able to get out of the house in some capacity. And we're lucky enough at least in Western Pennsylvania, and like you said, in California, where you are, Dee, that we're starting to be able to, to do that. And unfortunately for me, that includes going back into the office two days a week for some particular reason that is completely unnecessary um, because I work in a place where there's a lot of different uh, companies and their offices, and I can see that nobody else is any in, in any of those other offices. So it's definitely not in traffic. It has never been so smooth. I could be traveling to work on Christmas Eve and there's less traffic today than there was on Christmas Eve. It's just mind blowing how many people are still not back in the office and not back at work. Um, Having to wear a mask around everywhere is super annoying and that's not a future I want to be a part of for a a long, long time. So if that means working from home for the next six months, then fine, we'll do it. Um, So that part's, that part's been weird adjusting to, to life back at work in some capacity. They're trying to keep people on a rotation. So not everybody's back in the office all at once and keeping people apart, but you know, it's still an adjustment. Um, anytime you're walking away from your desk, mask on baby, uh, anywhere you go. So it's, it's difficult. And I'm one of the, I guess, unfortunate ones to be back at it early. (laughs) (laughs) Um, but hopefully that doesn't increase anytime soon. Um, but you two are still, in the comforts of working from home, correct? Oh yeah, yes sir. Full in it with no with no plans of going back, <laughs> like none. 
there's like no sign of anybody of anybody at my job going back to work anytime soon. Yeah, I uh, I envy that. I I, I do because um, <laughs> my job could completely be done from home 100 percent of the time right now. Uh, I guess the upside to that is the ability to be able to go out and go to restaurants and bars and things like that now. So, uh, yeah, hell yeah, we took advantage of that <laughs> because, um, like, Didi, you were saying, you know, you're sick of becoming your own bartender, and yeah. uh, I'm I'm sick of that too, and I'm sick of becoming our own chef seven nights a week. Um, <laughs> so it's been in nice to get out. Uh, my girlfriend and I went out to dinner uh, last two weekends ago, I guess, the first weekend we were allowed to. Again, a little weird having to wear a mask everywhere unless when you're sitting down. But it was nice to have somebody else's food for once that was going to for sure be good. Not like, oh, I hope this turns out well. It's just like we sit down, you're like, all right, we're definitely getting good food tonight, no matter what. Dude, isn't that the worst thing about all of this is that when you make something, I don't know if it's good or not. I am not a cook. Like, I get on the grill and I know how to use the temperature gauge to make sure that no one's going to die from my food. You know what I mean? But I don't know if it's good or not. And like, I can tell when stuff isn't good because like my my lovely wife will not tell me if something's bad, but I will be able to look at her plate and see that it was bad, <laughs> <laughs> which is very deflating because I'll eat anything. So I'll eat my own food. It's gone. I look at her plate. And she's like, oh, you know, I just really wasn't that hungry tonight. And she's <laughs> like destroying popcorn like later on <laughs> in the evening. So yeah, that was nice to be able to get a guarantee. Not that we... I've been having bad meals, but it's that, that whole like, oh, I don't know. We've never made this before. It's been a lot of, we've never made this before. Let's try it. Um, so, uh, you know, we went to a restaurant that had the precautions in place and we felt 100% safe and weren't near anybody. Uh, so that was nice. And then been to two breweries as well. Back home. Good to be back home. Um, again, following the proper distance and protocols there with masks on except when you're actually consuming uh so it's been it's it's been nice it's been strange uh there's no doubt about that but uh we're very social and active people that like to be out and doing things and there's still a lot of things we cannot do and we won't be able to do for a while so we're being kind of picky and choosy about where we go and how often we go but it's been nice to be kind of reintroduced back into the world a little bit and you know look at and stare at strangers, which is what we all really love to do. <laughs> well, I'm happy for you, Dan. It had been a while since I saw um, various beers on your IG story that weren't from your own kitchen counter. Right. I know. It was nice to change that up. It was nice to change that up. And full disclaimer, and I had to tell the two of you this, and I'll do it to anybody that's listening that I haven't had to say it already. Yeah, there was a lot of beer on my Instagram throughout the quarantine and there was like the can and the beer and it was quite often um however those were shared so just to be fair because it's like wow this dude's crushing three 16 ounces in 45 minutes why don't you why don't you pull back a little bit there nobody bud? believes uh, you dan but yeah, that's, that's okay. no you could say that. i don't believe you at all i don't i don't believe you at all also don't believe your girlfriend wants to share a beer with you like i've <laughs> I, i've met her like i have i there's nothing about her that says you know what i want to share a beer no that's nothing fair. about her says that that's so, fair yeah <laughs> not really believing you just hope you didn't gain too much weight that's all yeah but we, one of the uh places we went to was actually like an event quote unquote it was an anniversary party for uh, a brewery here in pittsburgh 
they had planned to have the whole street shut down, have this big street party, but instead they had to sell like tickets to two hour window allotments. Um, so it was kind of, there wasn't a whole lot again that we could do, but giveaways and stuff like that. And not really being able to interact with people again was weird besides like your server, but it was still again, nice to, nice to be out and nice to feel like we were, you know, something we were not, we have been doing throughout quarantine and we'll continue to do is like supporting these local businesses that have been closed um, and things like that. So I think that's another thing that's always important to us. You know, we're not going to these places that we know are going to be fine or have been fine or will be fine. Um, trying to do the right thing with, with our stimulus checks and stimulate the economy. So it's been, it's been nice though. It's been nice to, it's been nice to be out. Have either of you two been out at all uh, socially at, you know, in any capacity? Not really. No, we've done, um, we, we have started to do takeout more regularly just to, you know, have something exciting to do and look forward to each week. So we'll do that on the weekends. Um, but no, like actually going into an establishment or anything like that, we haven't, uh, we haven't done that yet. Yeah. I'm with you. We thought we keep thinking about doing something, but then it's just like, uh, I don't trust people, man. Cause the spots that I want to go to are kind of the spots that like we, you know, that we go to get a babysitter on like date nights and stuff. And like, there are more people there. Like there's this whiskey bar that I love called the Foreman. But the thing is, I don't know how you can socially distance at the Foreman. Like if it's a solid group there, it's not, and it's not like it's like, you know, some packed like club or something. It's a comfortable place, but it's still like, I'm really close to you guys. And I also know that like, there's a lot of people who did not take any of this seriously and are running around with this. And I don't want it. Like, mm-hmm. I, cause I, it's regardless, like the, the people our age, like, we don't die from it, but we could get it. And it doesn't sound pleasant. No. So like, I don't want it. I don't want a fever. I don't want to have to like be <laughs> sectioned off in a room <laughs> in my house that like, I can't be around anybody. I don't want it. So it makes me a little nervous, but, um, but I don't know. I'm, I think we're all going to be shut back inside here soon. Cause it, have you seen some of these numbers and certain, like it just keeps going up and up and up and it's just all starts back from whenever like memorial day and they let everybody out on memorial day in all these different states and now it myrtle beach they close like a bunch of people i saw like are canceling their trips to myrtle beach because they're they're closing like every bar right now and like you know and right now things are open here but i'm like i don't know man makes me feel like fourth of july we'll all be back inside i yeah i mean i think it, it depends on where you are in the country like yeah Luckily in Pennsylvania, we're one of the states that's seen like one of the most significant declines and and it's pretty darn good here. But like, man, like the South just doesn't care at all. Not at all. It's unbelievable. Right before we uh, started recording, I tweeted that like all SEC and Big 12 coaches need to take out their phone, record a video of them saying wear masks and social distance if you want to have a football season. And I bet that that would make everybody in SEC country like stay home. But like, I don't get, I don't get why it's such a regional thing. Like some regions care, some regions don't, I guess, cause it started in the Northeast. Maybe other parts of the country didn't really think it would make its way to where they are. But um, like Florida, Florida hasn't cared at all this entire None. time. They closed for like a week and then they were like, ah, 
let's open the beaches back up. And it, now it's a disaster there. I don't know. It's it's frustrating because it's not yeah. that hard to wear a mask. It's not. Yeah, dude. No. Arizona, the governor of Arizona talked so much shit, talked so much shit. And they shut down and he did it like reluctantly. And then they opened up before everybody else. It was like, I think it was around Cinco de Mayo. So it was this was before everybody else opened up in like the middle of May. And he's just like, all the sports can play here. We'll have the NBA finals here. We can have the Stanley Cup playoffs here. We can have literally everything here. Oh, that's now, right. They wanted to do baseball. There, they were like, right? we can do everything here because we it's not here. It's fake. It's a hoax. And now Arizona just had to put now their hospitals are packed. They just had to go into like emergency mode. Like they're talking about like uh, using the I think it's the Cardinal Stadium as a hospital. Like they're like it's bad in Arizona. And people from here were going to Arizona because the border is like not far away. It's like two hours away to go out to eat and stuff because Arizona was safe. And they were like Arizona's safe to go. And now Arizona is a freaking mess. And so that I don't want to say it brings me joy. But it was just, he just talked so much. I mean, it was insane how much he talked. Like, he knew exactly what was going on, and now his state's a mess. So, yeah. it's better to listen. It's better to wear a mask. Just do what you're told. I just, I don't get it. We're not scientists. Just no. do what you're told. It's because, <laughs> like everything else, it became a political thing. Yeah. Like, because some, like, Democratic governors were saying, well, you gotta, we gotta stay home. Then the Republican governors were like, well, we're gonna do the opposite of that. It's so stupid. Yeah, they it's so ugh, it just yeah. makes me mad. So we have, we've been fortunate, uh, like like you said there, Chris in Pennsylvania. I don't think if we if we weren't in the shape that we were, we would definitely wouldn't be going out. Or if you know if we got given the green light, quote unquote, when the numbers were what they were in May, I doubt that we would have gone out anywhere. But you know picking and choosing and going to those like smaller places, like you're saying, Didi, like there's places you want to go to, there's places we want to go to that have great outdoor areas. And like, you feel comfortable outdoors, but like also how many people are going to be there right now? The limit in, uh, in Pittsburgh is 250. So some places could actually have that many people, but I don't want to be anywhere near 250 people. That's for sure. We've been no, nowhere near more than 25 in a place at, this, at, at once. And I don't even know if it got that high. Um, so being picky and choosy has, uh, you know, been something that we're taking seriously to, to make sure that we're not, uh, you know, in a, unless, you know, old ass high risk, you know, comes rolling up on your shoulder, not giving a shit. Uh, but, but otherwise, um, you know, it's been nice to at least not feel like you're completely in lockdown. That's I, good. I guess it's even just that feeling of driving around through traffic, you know, in the middle of the afternoon on a Saturday. It's like, why are all these people out? It's <laughs> it's almost a nice thing now. Um, you know, so we're easing there. We're getting there. I hope we don't end up back inside, but I think if we do, maybe it's in the fall. So we're trying to, you know, at least most of our activities keep it to outside um, for the time being. If we're, even if hanging out with a group of like eight friends or something like that, all of it has been where can we do this and where can we be outside and keep our distance? So man, I hope it, uh, it, that at least that lasts for a while before we end up being shut back down, whatever that might be, because there's not a lot of good stuff on TV right now. So dude, here's, here's my question though, is how weird is it to wear a mask every time, except for like when you're sitting at your table, 
Because, like, do you look over at somebody else and say, man, that guy's doing a lot of spitting. <laughs> That's weird. Because you don't have to wear your mask at your table. So, like, you wear your mask everywhere else but at your table. So, right. if, like, somebody's away from you, I don't know. It might weird me out if some guy's talking a little too loud. Might be bringing a little too much of his air over my right. way. But yeah, was that weird for you or was that just was it just cool? Not I mean, I'm just honestly wondering because I haven't been in that situation. I think at first, uh, when we the first thing we did that we went anywhere was going out to dinner and there was one table near us and it was maybe ten feet away because we were in like this smaller room. So it's like you kind of look over at the people and you're like, all right, they're not coughing or anything, we're far enough away, there's nobody else in here, we're fine. Um, but then like going to the breweries and things like that, you're a little further away from people. You know, there's everybody saying promoting six feet. It's way more than that, uh, thankfully. But yeah, you kind of look out of the corner of your eye before you sit down, hunker down anywhere, being like, all right, what are we looking ar- around here? You stop, you judge everyone within sight, and then yeah, you have your yeah, meal. Exactly, exactly. Um, but then I think it kind of it kind of goes away, um, and you don't really realize it until you see somebody walking with a mask on, because then at that point, everybody's just sitting around normally. Right. And so it looks normal, even though it very much isn't. So I think it's, yeah, it's in the front of your mind when you start off, but then it kind of uh, gets into your back of mind once you get a little bit more comfortable. But I guess it's, it's important not to be too comfortable with anything like that there either. Cause yeah, you don't know where these other people have been. Um, so it's, it's definitely a give and take, um, decide where to go, when to go, who to go with, you know, they're limited groups to four people in most places. So. It's a lot, a lot of stipulations right now to get in anywhere. Well, I'm happy you're getting out, Dan. I am happy Thank you're you. getting out. <laughs> Me too. I'm happy for everybody who's getting out, man. It's like, you know, it's just, it's, it's a different situation that, that I'm in. I've got the wife and the baby and all that stuff. And so it's like me going out is different than some other people who have been trapped inside. So I'm happy people are getting out because, you know, it's kind of crazy to be cooped inside. So I'm happy people time. are out. <laughs> Well, speaking of um, things, also things that are making us happy and things getting back on TV, uh, the NBA and NHL have plans to be back, which is exciting. But the NBA's, I know, is a little complicated because now it seems that Orlando's numbers are high. Then there was a report saying that, like, some of the staff that's going to work in the bubble isn't going to, doesn't have to be in the bubble all the time. I don't know. There's weird things going around. And then plus everything going happening in on the streets with uh, social justice and all of that. And um, a lot of players are like, feel like it's going to distract from the message. But I mean, if all that happens, if all that, you know, doesn't happen, the NBA is going to be back on July 31st. So that is super exciting. The NHL is going to be back in August. I mean, how excited are you guys about getting the 2019-20 season started back up again, like six months later? I watched ESPN's sports returning special, whatever it was called. uh, They had a special? On Monday night. Yeah, they interviewed like six different commissioners. Okay. And I was asking myself, how, after a global pandemic and an economic collapse... How how did we get spit out on the other end where the NHL is the league that looks most competent? <laughs> and I, I say that as a lifelong hockey fan who boos Gary Bettman at any opportunity. 
the NHL has its shit together. They know what they're going to do. They know when they want to do it. There's like, it seems like almost complete buy-in from the players to, to do it. That everybody's good with the qualifying round and then the buys and how the playoff bracket's going to come together. Like, I, I don't. I never thought I'd see the day when the NHL was and the, the NHL announced what they want to do, and then the NBA was kind of like, "Hey, that looks pretty good. I think maybe that's something that we could do too." And they like copied them. Yeah, the NBA copied hockey, dude. That's what everybody's doing, though. Every I feel like every all the leagues are kind of doing. They're all kind of waiting to see, and even the NFL, who they have to you know, college football and the NFL, they're looking at everything too. Like you notice, they haven't announced any big plans or anything like that yet either. Like everybody's kind of like waiting for the first ones to kind of go because nobody wants it to be. Nobody wants to be the league that's like, okay, this was awful. And you're going to just be looked at in 2020 as like, oh, that was the year. This was awful. So, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I think football is waiting to see, like you said, like as these sports come back, basketball and hockey and like the the shit that goes wrong with them, football is going to figure out how to probably do it better. So like of all of them, football is in the best position, obviously. But um, it is it is just exciting. Yeah, at least that. Because, right, there's been talk about returning to facilities and returning to play for a, a while, right? The NBA had, you know, it was like the first week of May, they were originally saying players can go back to the facility in limited capacity and things like that. And so, you know, here we are over a month later, month and a half later, where we're finally getting to, you know, plans that are in place, that have remained in place. Nothing's being pushed back at this point, which, like you said, Didi, you know, Florida, you know, kind of maybe, <laughs> I don't know. Um, <laughs> but, you know, I'm, I'm excited. I'm excited for it um, because we lost so much of it all at once at, at such a peak time, especially for the NBA and the NHL. I, I'm just as shocked as you, Chris, that the NHL seems to be the league that is like driving this ship. I, you could even say. Yeah, um, Gary they are. Gary Bettman, the NHL commissioner, was interviewed last night. He was sitting in his backyard, like on a patio in the sunshine. He put he put a goal behind him to look like he was like sports specific. There were chipmunks crawling. Like he not could not, know who he is. <laughs> I mean, he was just like on display, sitting there, like, yeah, ask me a question. Ask me a question and watch all these other people copy off me. Ask me another one. Let's see what they do. Unbelievable. It blows my mind, and 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 I don't think NHL is in a rush to get back because they think they're going to be able to capture f- viewers first and maybe win some people back that have not watched hockey or or get new viewers. You know, because it turns out they may not even be the first ones that are like actually returning to play if the NBA gets in just a little bit before they do. So I don't know. It's it, it's weird because they didn't have anything to gain. Um, but you're right; they've had the most. You know, everybody has agreed there's been you know no dissatisfaction from the players to the owners even to the fans i don't think because putting this new like playoff format out there you know people were talking about what all these leagues were going to do nba nhl what were they going to do and the nhl was just like here it is and everybody's like all right cool fine we'll see it we'll see it we're ready to go and these other leagues there's been bumps along the road and still these conversations and dd like you mentioned in the nba it's taken a complete left turn now whether or not it's even a the right thing to do uh, with the context of everything that's happening right now. 
Um, so I hope both leagues come back for the right reasons and things and things will be able to be maintained. But we're all going to wait around until we find out which player from what league gets a positive test first and how that league is going to react because they say they have their plans about how they're going to isolate the individual, test the team, blah, 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 blah. Okay. We'll see when that actually happens. If it gets to a point, you know, if it's one player, then if it's two on another team, then what do you do? I I hope we don't get there, but I think everybody's waiting for that point to say, you know, what's that, you know, pull in case of emergency plan. Are you going to shut down the season again? I hope that we don't have to get there, but you know, encourage that again, we're, we're a couple of weeks into this conversation and those dates in July for the NBA and the NHL seem to be steady and hopefully manageable, approachable that this can actually happen this summer. Yeah. And you guys see what the NHL also, what the NHL like put out too, which just has, cause they're thinking about things like this that lets you know that they're like ready to go is that they were talking about camera angles and how they were basically going to shoot games. Like it's a movie. No. And bringing in like directors that like do, they brought in, they have like a director that they're bringing in. That's like shot movies and thinks they can do it this way. Cause they were talking about, it's going to be an experience on television like you've never seen before because they have to because they said they're going to make the product like it's a made for tv like event and i'm like let's go that's what i want all the leagues to do and i haven't heard yeah. any of them talk about that but the nhl who's never on their shit they Who are like no we're thinking about making this thing look like a movie and i'm like let's go i'm ready let's do this where has this I'm like, been that's what all i mean the i'm all be for that about. yeah yeah absolutely I'm you know what it. though at the end of this though i'm still like NHL is going to maybe come out on top and I'm still like 10 years from now, I'm going to be like, yeah, but you know what? It took a global pandemic for them to do this. You know, like it took that for the NHL to change, but at least, at least they're going for it. Yep. Unlike baseball. Yeah. (laughs) It's it's hockey's chance to take the number three spot back. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my goodness gracious. Baseball. This baseball situation is so ridiculous. They're in a dispute with the owners and the players and just statement. They're just, they're, they're in a war of statements on social media, which I find to be hilarious. And now the players are just all like, all right, tell us when and where, because I guess they can force a 50 game season. I don't know, but it's funny watching baseball just completely blow a three, one lead. Cause they had this, we could all be talking about baseball right now. Yeah. We would not be talking about any of the leagues starting. We would all be talking about baseball. For the first time in, I don't even know when, and we would be talking about baseball, and we're not because they're awful. <laughs> it's, it's unbelievable just too funny. the mess they the mess they put themselves in. Yep. The players, the owners, the commissioner Rob Manfred's just got to be like, I, I don't even know what the hell to do at this point because he can't make anybody happy because um, he you know technically works for the owners, but he's got to be working you know. Think even the player's perspective too. Agents are involved. It's like you're right, Needy. This should be baseball's opportunity. Um, you know, there's only that you know window in the summer where everybody, when the Stanley Cup trophy gets handed out and the NBA Finals are over, and the that trophy gets handed out, that's baseball season. Then right until football preseason starts, basically, and they're not going to have any of that. They're going to get completely lost in this mix if they even play any games whatsoever and they look terrible and now they have fans turning on the team and the players <laughs> that they're not going to want to you know support it 
to begin with. They're not going to get the television viewers. It's unbelievable the mess that they've created and put themselves in. It's just, it is, it's laughable. And it is, it is kind of funny. I will admit, it is kind of funny to be a fan of a team that's not a competitive baseball team. I couldn't care less. So this kind of funny. <laughs> there you go. Dude, the commissioner said like last Thursday that he was optimistic and then like three days later was like, I can't see us playing baseball. <laughs> what the, what's happening? How is that possible? I, uh, I, I don't get it, man. Um, but like going back to the NHL and, and, and how they've succeeded the NHL that I've, I can't remember. Did we talk about like potentially moving the NHL season permanently in one of our previous episodes? Did that come up? at all i, can't I don't remember. think i, I can't remember then i was just thinking about it because that's been brought up that like the nhl could potentially make this move of the season permanent and just start the season with the winter classic on january 1st and have it end like right before the nfl season and college football start and like have that go up against baseball who, I mean, they're going to lose so many fans. That would be, that would be another positive step. And as a hockey fan in the summer, that's subjected to only baseball under normal circumstances, I would appreciate it. But yeah, I mean, baseball is, is doing everything it can possibly do to screw up. It doesn't seem like anybody really cares. The owners don't have any motivation to do anything because like, uh, all right, here we go. I'm about to get into it. Are you guys ready for this? I think we already did. This is is this get off your chest round two for Chris. Let's this go. seems like an extended cut. pretty much, pretty much because this is going to tran- transition into into Sosa McGuire, which is a, a a much more enjoyable topic to talk about. But n- like on the surface level, nothing about baseball makes any sense. <laughs> like on Let's the surface. Go level nothing Woo! about like if you were just if you if you came here from a, another country and had never seen a baseball game before and we showed you what baseball was and you found out like there's no like the playing surfaces are different in every stadium like there's not a regulated size of a field you can make plays out of bounds in baseball and you can't do that in any other sport some players like just don't play sometimes <laughs> they like don't play or like you could be a regular player and like go like four innings without moving ever you know what i mean like this this shit doesn't make any sense it's such a, it's like a it, ugh, it's such a stupid sport it really is the the two leagues don't even have the same rules like right the dh that it makes no sense there's no salary cap, so like there's no competitive balance at all. Um, and like some positions require virtually no athletic ability. Like look at the first basemen that have been really good. Those guys could also win a hot dog eating contest. It's a little bit ridiculous. Like <laughs> nothing about baseball has ever made any sense. So what they're going through right now is just perfectly aligning with baseball's brand. You can get taken out of a game, but you can't go back in. What do you mean they can't go back in? Are you serious? <laughs> this is a game. This is a game where there's no tie. You play until somebody wins. I don't care if it's May 1st or August 1st. 
You play through the night. Oh, if you already played in that game, you cannot go back in. You will get someone out of the stands, sir. <laughs> that is how you will win this game. It's crazy. You're right. Like co- coaches can just stop the game whenever they want. <laughs> and the coaches wear uniforms. Like, isn't that weird? Yeah. Yes. That's that's strange. Weird. It's the weirdest I thing, know, man. I, it's just a dumb sport. It's just dumb. Mound meetings are honestly the worst thing ever. They're literally the worst thing ever created. I'm like, what are you possible? What could you possibly be saying again mm-hmm. and again and again and again? <laughs> I, the whole relief pitcher thing is annoying. There's, I could go on and on about baseball, but let's. But we could talk about more enjoyable things with baseball, yes. like baseball. What twenty two years ago? <laughs> now that's that's the transition. That's exactly what I was looking for, Didi, because I thought there were good things and not so good things about the Sosa McGuire 30 for 30 long gone summer. But the one thing that it really, that really rang true for me is, is it reminded me of a time in my life when I absolutely loved baseball. Wow. That's fair. Yeah. That's beautiful. Yeah. Cause that's true. I agree with you there. Like that probably from what, let's say 98 to I guess around the Bonds time, I can say I genuinely cared about baseball at that time. Yeah. Probably from like 98 to 2004, 2005, like around then. Yeah. And it was nice. That was one of the things I liked about the 30 for 30. It was nice going back to that time when it was like, that was an event. Like those guys interrupting, because they did that a lot on the dock, like interrupting television and showing you. And, you know, going to, you know, it's like, oh, yeah, I don't know what game you were watching, but doesn't matter. Maguire's up. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know? Yeah. I, but that was like such a, uh, that was such a great time. And yeah, it, it captured that, the time. I remember that year so vividly and keeping track of those two, Maguire and Sosa. And it was, it was a time where baseball was exciting when it had nothing to do with the team that you rooted for. So that made it even, you know, more incredible you saw a clip uh, in the 30 for 30 about Maguire getting a standing ovation in a visitor's ballpark. That was in Pittsburgh. He got a standing ovation and he had to come back out for his curtain call. It's crazy. They're selling out games in St. Louis when they're playing the last place Marlins. Everybody's watching these games when it has nothing to do with competitive balance of the league and what teams are doing in the playoff run. It was just so unique and so rare um, at that time. I remember growing up and experiencing that and that was that was definitely cool to kind of relive what that used to feel like. Um, because yeah, up until, you know, after bonds did it, there hasn't been anything really close to that. Um, you know, baseball was just coming out of a time in 94 with the, you know, season that didn't take place. And so they were trying to get fans back and miraculously, you know, these two guys that were going head to head. And that was, what was so amazing. Even like trying to like, remember that was that, this was like a friendly thing. These two teams hate each other. They're in the same division. And these two dudes were just like super friendly about the whole thing. And it made it very, you know, it, it, it was competitive, but in a way, it, you know, it wasn't on the surface how almost casual the approach was between the two players. Um, so I thought that was just fascinating to me to relive that and think, I can't think of anything where there's been such a serious record on the line that somebody's going for and, or even two people, three people are going for. And there's just a kind of a, 
casually friendly. They had a pref- press conference together. They're joking around with each other. It was so cool. Like I can't think of anything uh, close to that. Um, you know, maybe golf would come to that at some point, but the way the players are nowadays. But I thought that was kind of cool to see that and remember how you know competitive it was, but also kind of how casual and friendly that the the two of them made it. Yeah, it it reminded me of like as a kid, like I I just remember like going to the park to play baseball and like everybody would try and imitate the swings of different players. And um, even like the the celebrations, like McGuire did the punch thing after he would hit a home run and Sammy Sosa did the the kisses off, you know, off the chest. And um, like it reminded me of doing that. And I don't follow baseball at all really anymore. So I don't know if like, uh, I mean, do kids do that with baseball players nowadays? Like, I don't know, maybe they do, but like, I remember, you know, the, the kind of like load up to the pitch that McGuire did. And then Gary Sheffield had just like that ridiculous waggle before he would hit Griffey had the arm up really high. Like, I don't know. That stuff was iconic back in the day. Maybe, maybe there are guys like that now. I don't know. Griffey swing alone was something that I tried to make. I tried to make myself look like I was, I would do that in my mirror. Like, (laughs) I would try to make my swing look like Griffey's because his swing is just so, I mean, his swing is, alone is iconic. Sorry to cut you off, but I was just like, he has, his swing yeah, no, was he has the like, most, what the, yeah. He has the most beautiful swing I've ever seen. And seeing it again, the couple of times in the documentary, I was just like, oh man, that dude, that dude could rake. And he was, a, oh yeah. Seeing Griffey again was cool. That and, and like even those little glimpses of Griffey in the documentary made me want them to do a Griffey documentary because he was the most talented player out of all of those guys in that generation. Um, he never like obviously he didn't set their home run record, but like as a baseball player, he was more talented than all of those guys because he could do so many things. But um, yeah, it was it was a reminder of of good times watching baseball. And that's the crazy thing. Cause Dan said it too, like growing up in Pittsburgh pirates sucked. So terrible. You, a- everybody still enjoyed baseball back then because there was something cool to follow. And uh, there's obviously not that anymore. <laughs> <laughs> no, that well, okay. But okay. On the 30 for 30 things that I hated, which was a lot. Cause I did not, I enjoyed this 30 for 30, but at the same time, I was like, literally like, this is awful. I hated everybody talking in it. I think- Every single person who talked in this yes. thing, I wanted to punch in the face. <laughs> they all have very punchable faces. Like, I just, I, I was just like, I just don't, because I think it's just because I don't like talking to baseball people. And I realized that why I don't like talking to baseball people about baseball. There's some nice people I know who love baseball, but I'm just saying the way that they talk about the sport just took, it's like, are we talking about the same thing? The way that you're talking about this is so lame and so just, just takes all the fun out of it. And then you're, but then you're watching this footage and you're like, were you, were you there? Or are you just like filling out your score sheet? You know what I mean? It's like ball goes up and you're just like, all right, let me fill out this score sheet. That's what I'm doing. It just, yeah. I can't stand people who love baseball because they sound like they almost sound like they're doing play by play for a baseball game all the time, or they're just a stat dork. And I just can't, I, there's no fun in that to me. And that's what I hated about this doc was the people talking just sucked except Sammy. That was it. Oh, so that's it. Like my, one of my big things against it was like, 
there needed to be more Sammy. It was so focused on McGuire and I, I understand he's the one that won the race, but like, if you take Sammy Sosa out of that race and replace him with probably anybody else, it's not going to be as entertaining as it was. Cause like they basically had like pointed out that Maguire was kind of boring. Yeah, like he was. he was a boring dude with the media. He also didn't want to talk to the media at, at a certain point, but Sammy made it interesting. So I wish they would have uh, done more on, on Sammy. I felt like he got the short end of the stick. Yeah, honest, I I agree with you there. That they were both both probably interviewed for hours, and there wasn't enough of Sammy. Honestly, this is probably could have been done in an hour. The first oh yeah ninety minutes I even t- I'll even give you were boring and kind of hard to get through. And I know you have to like get to that build up to the end, but echoing what you said, Didi, with the people that were just talking about it, just didn't it never elevated you know it to that level of how it actually felt during that time it just it really probably could have been done in an hour get rid of most of the reporters and everything go back and forth with mcguire and sosa who can actually tell you what that was like um because they yeah, had the first 90 minutes of that thing were just kind of snoozy and i love 30 for 30s but this one was just you know I, I didn't i was a little let down about how long it took for me to be like okay this is this is good now and i want to see every every second of this and, and relive it again but little uh little too long for me for what they were able to present. Yeah, I didn't need to know about like Mark McGuire's rise from Southern Cal to the Oakland uh, A's. Like I didn't come for that. There's no. nothing to get from that either. You know, oh, oh what he used to be a pitcher. Oh cool. Like I don't need to break that down. Yeah. No. That was yeah, that cuz I don't know if that I don't I don't even know where that was going cuz usually when they do that on 30 for 30s, it's like you you get to a place where you're like, "Oh, Okay, that makes sense. We get mm-hmm. back to this thing, basically like how the the Rodman thirty for thirty is, where it's like you you get to a point and it's like, oh, okay, all of this kind of make all of this starts to make sense from his upbringing and all this stuff, and that's kind of what that means. But this, what he took, like he took steroids. He's one of the most memorable people in sports, but like his upbringing, him almost being a pitcher, him being in Southern California, him. Uh, yeah. I needed none of that. Like he never I never came back and pitched in a game. So no, right. yeah, like there was nothing about that that I needed to know. Like just nothing. I I don't know. There they it almost felt like this was a thirty for thirty that they had scrapped before, and then quarantine happened, and they were like, okay, we're gonna do this now. You know, because this didn't feel like uh this because th- the Lance one didn't feel like that. And but this one felt like they were just like, we have this Mark McGuire and Sammy Sosa one that we kind of didn't really have. Everybody's inside. Throw it out. So I yeah, because like the, the concept of it seems cool, right? Like a 30 for 30 on that year and kind of that race and everything because how how unique it was. But I don't think the story was just told well no. enough. And it, again, I think maybe an hour. It should have been an hour. Um, and that's kind of a shame because I feel like it, it did mean so much to so many, so many people and it was so unique and, and cool to live through at the time, but it didn't quite do uh, you know, a lot of justice for Like I said, maybe that last, that last half hour I enjoyed, but for the most part, this was kind of, you know, I, I don't think I'll remember this one or, or, you know, want to tune back on it if it's ever playing again. It would have been cool if they would have like actually, and maybe they, I don't know, maybe they reached out to some of these guys and they declined, but it would have been cool to like 
interview Griffey and interview Barry Bonds. And like, rather than hear from, like Didi said, like whoever wrote for the Chicago Tribune back then, like, I know we all, we all watched it. So you're going to tell me about how you watched it. I like, I don't need that, but I would love to hear about like, you know, there was one of those shots where I, I think, well, I don't know which one it was, but the, somebody hit their second home run of the game against the Giants, and then the camera went on Barry Bonds. Like, I would love to hear from Barry and, like, tell us about that moment, you know? Yeah. Like, hearing from the pitcher who gave up number seven. What? No, when he, not number 70, number 62. 62. Yeah, that was cool. Yeah. That was he one was of the things. That was cool because he's still pissed about it. He he's pissed. still mad. <laughs> he's like, no, I pitched the whole game to make sure he could not hit. I didn't care if I walked him. I didn't care. what. I just knew he was not going to hit that one on me. And it was just cool hearing him talk about that because that was an actual player who was there, who lived it from that from that angle because i would have loved to heard but of course i would love to hear what like griffey had to say about that because he was in the race with those guys and everyone thought he was going to be the one that did it then all of a sudden this dude named sammy sosa comes out of nowhere and freaking you know is he's the story now and he gets passed by those guys and also those guys are steroid users so now it's like what does griffey how does griffey feel about that yeah you know where it's like he got completely passed over in history and he's not a part of that 98 story. You completely forget about Griffey and he's one of the most iconic players to people of a certain age. He gets completely forgotten about because of those two. And I would have loved to hear what he had to say about yeah. that too. And and those other guys didn't have arguably the greatest baseball video game of all time like Ken Griffey did. Exactly. So, shouts. No, what, yeah, shouts that's another Ken, thing. Kenny G. No, that's another thing. Nobody likes them as much as they like Ken Griffey. None of us talk about Sammy Sosa or Mark McGuire in the same sentence as we do Ken Griffey and even Barry Bonds. Like, no one does that. But everybody that bought Nintendo got the free Ken Griffey Jr. game with it, and he touched our lives. He did. <laughs> did this also, Didi, like, I, I feel like, actually, probably all three of us have talked about this at some point in time. Like we have to talk about steroids, right? Because I'll go on record a million times over and say that like I would be perfectly fine if baseball players took steroids and baseball was still as entertaining as it was in 1998. I mean, I'm cool with it. They all yeah. knew it. Take them. If you're allowed to take them, take them. I don't have a problem with it. Right. If, and yeah, they all, all watched doing it, it happen. If they're all doing it, you're still going to get the best players, you know, out of it. And it's just going to make it more entertaining. You don't have to juice the ball like they're doing nowadays to try to make it more exciting. It's just, it's not, it's never been able to live up to that era. And there's the big debate of whether or not those records uh, should stand and apply and everything like that. I mean, every, you know, you say everybody was doing it, it you know, was it everybody? No, but it was what, 95, 90, 95% of the players. Um, yeah. So you got to take that into context whenever you you think about that stuff. And it was definitely a way more entertaining form of baseball, that's for sure. And let's be honest, they're doing it in other sports, guys. Oh, it, yeah. They're doing it in other sports. Like, mm -hmm. I'm sorry. Like, you see how these guys are. Like, I love the NFL. I have no problem with the NFL. But I'm sorry. Like, there are certain body types and weights that aren't supposed to move like that. No. Yeah. They're and just like, not. The reason J.J. Watt is injured every single year is, is because he is way too big for his own frame. And that's because you don't get that big, naturally. You just don't. Like, I know. And 
we don't know what they're doing specifically, but like the players are still ahead of the curve of the testing. So those guys, especially football, you can't play a sport like that and and be able to play 16 weeks in a row, go through that beating unless you're doing something supplementary. And I don't mean like a whey protein shake. Okay. I mean, <laughs> yeah. Oh, I need a whey protein shake and an Advil. That'll get me through the week. Yeah. 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 I loved how they were talking in the Sosa McGuire doc about like guys were taking creatine. I'm like, that's not what did it. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I saw that. And I, I'm, cause I was watching that like late on Sunday and I'm like laughing when they talked about creatine. I'm like, seriously guys, creatine, mm-hmm. like what, like everybody I know who has taken creatine and yeah. <laughs> didn't change their body at all. Like, right. Like, I think take- all just got fat off of creatine. Honestly, everybody I know who took creatine just got fat off of it because they really didn't work out as much as they needed to. And they yeah. just got fat off of it. I take five grams of creatine a day. The only home run I ever hit was inside the park. Okay. So that's not what did it. There you go. That's not what did it. <laughs> creatine. Yeah. That was just like, that doc was so stupid. I, that was just. <laughs> Summary right there. But it's just so funny because it it did take me back to that time. Like, I can't tell you the last time I saw Sammy Sosa's, like, hop down the first baseline. You know what I mean? Like, that was – I loved every second of that. So, seeing that old footage was cool. But, like, that was an awful 30 for 30. Like – Could have been better. Yeah. Could have been been a lot better. You know? Yeah. So, for sure. Baseball took another L this week. Yeah. Oh man! Well, guys, this has been fun. Yeah, man, it's great. So uh, back at the table. Yo, Dan, tell us where they can find the brunch breakdown. All right, of course, you can search uh, for the brunch breakdown podcast anywhere you get your podcast. That includes Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher. Those are your top ones. Uh, again, like we say every week, if you get your podcast somewhere else and you don't see the brunch breakdown, let us know. Uh, but that list expands each and every week. Um, and don't forget, we're also on YouTube. You can watch this very episode and every episode moving forward on our YouTube channel. Be sure to head over there and subscribe as well. Love it. And we'll put the clips up in a bunch of different places. We got some things. We got some things working. We got some things to work out. But uh, thank you guys. Thank you guys for listening. And uh, we'll see you at the table next week. Later.